Well, good morning, Greenwich, and welcome to the Wednesday, March 23rd edition of the Basement Academy. Our morning psalm is a psalm of David. Uh, he is set upon by some challenge, some trial, some enemy, and uh, he offers prayer. It's a good prayer for us to, to have as well in our praying repertoire. O Lord, hear my prayer. Listen to my cry for mercy. In your faithfulness and righteousness, come to my relief. Do not bring your servant into judgment, for no one living is righteous before you. The enemy pursues me. He crushes me to the ground. He makes me dwell in darkness like those long dead. So my spirit grows faint within me, and my heart within me is dismayed. I remember the days of long ago. I meditate on all your works and consider what your hands have done. I spread out my hands to you, my soul thirsts for you like a parched land. Answer me quickly, O Lord. My spirit faints with longing. Do not hide your face from me, or I will be like those who have gone down to the pit. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go, for to you I lift up my soul. Rescue me from my enemies, O Lord, for I hide myself in you. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your good spirit lead me on level ground. For your name's sake, O Lord, preserve my life. In your righteousness, bring me out of trouble. In your unfailing love, silence my enemies. Destroy all my foes, for I am your servant. Amen. There's an element of the imprecatory psalms, right? Destroy my foes. But it's mostly a plea. God, help me. Lead me. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love. I trust in you. And so, Lord, hear our prayer. As we pray with David against our own challenges uh, of this day. Okay. <clears throat> We continue on with the Sermon on the Mount, and I said today, remember yesterday, I said today's lesson is even trickier and harder than yesterday's. The eye for eye, tooth for tooth, which was about revenge and retaliation, not taking things into our own hands to retaliate, not exaggerating the offense done to us so that we can multiply and magnify. That's what it is. It's that, that, that law was intended to limit, it was intended to be merciful. Restitution and recompense is appropriate, but only that which has, where the injury ha, ha, has been, let there be an equal compensation. The tendency to exaggerate that, right, is, is what's in, in play. Okay, so today is the one passage that even the most ardent and strident Bible-believing Christian tends to kind of work away from, okay? Because it's, it's got one, it's probably got the biggest challenge that, that we could read, two, two challenges really. Um, so we would tend to prefer to ignore this, avoid this, reject this. Now you have to remember the context. Jesus is announcing his kingdom, which is not like the kingdoms of this world, and it's not like the kingdom people were expecting, okay? The Pharisees, the Sadducees, the teachers of the law, the religious establishment had a mentality that Messiah comes to bop people on the nose, right? And so his kingdom comes not like that. <clears throat> it, it comes kind of in an upside down fashion, hence these beatitudes. 
Jesus comes to fulfill the law and prophets. And part of what he's doing here in this portion of the sermon, he's filling the word of God, the law, full of meaning. For see what had happened, a Pharisaic righteousness had grown up and it was dominating the religious landscape. The Pharisees were the separated ones, the pure ones. They were the self-appointed guardians of the truth. And so they took the law of Moses and they interpreted and they, they laid on top of it these tradition of the elders. And so it came down to, you have heard it said. So the, the word is down here but it's layered over with a variety of interpretations because, well, what does it mean to love your neighbor? Well, we have to define who the neighbor is, and that's what's going on in this passage right here. And so this is the logical uh, next step from uh, the concern for retaliation and revenge because now we get to talk about who the enemy is and I get to legitimately hate that person or come against that person. And so <clears throat> Jesus is concerned that his followers have a righteousness that is beyond or surpasses, that exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees. Uh, the, the, the scribes and Pharisees have a, a self-righteousness. No, 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 that's, that's not how we're, we're, we're going to play in my kingdom. And so... <clears throat> Uh, the person who offends me now becomes my enemy, and I, I want to legitimately hate that person and come against them. So Jesus in chapter 5, verse 43 says, You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons or children of your Father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. We stay away from this passage because it calls us to love our enemies and it calls us to be perfect as our Father in heaven is perfect. And so we look at this passage and we say, ah, I'm just going to go right around this one. And so <clears throat> a tradition had arisen. So the, the commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. It's in Leviticus chapter 19. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. But you've heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. So it had grown up, this notion that I have to define who my neighbor is and then everybody else I can hate. And so what Jesus takes on here is the heart of Pharisaic self-righteousness. But you see, the Pharisees are now the epitome of humanity. This, I think the incarnation of Jesus Christ awaits such a moment as this. When the full flowering of sin in the human family, even in the people of God, because the Pharisees are, are Hebrews, right? They're, they're, they're Jews. They're descendants of Abraham. And now they have taken to themselves this sacred task of defending and protecting and, and honoring the Torah, the law and prophets. And so, so now there's a group of people who have made it their life's goal to protect and defend the word of God. And so they have to interpret what the word of God means. And then they are 
the, the word Pharisee means separated ones, okay? So they're separated out. They're, they're, they're standing apart from the community. We're consecrated. We're pure. We're separated. We'll tell you what the word of God means. And so now you have these traditions. But what, it goes all the way back to the garden, what the original sin was. When Adam and Eve took of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they took to themselves the prerogative to determine what was right and wrong but it's just a half a step further. It's not what is right and wrong, who is right and wrong, who is good and evil. I will know unto myself, I will determine unto myself who is good, who is evil. And so this is the human family. And so tribalism arises. So Cain rises up against his brother Abel. Cain determines that Abel is evil. I legitimately kill him. I hate him. He's evil. I can remove him. So there's this self-righteousness. We justify our actions because we have determined a moral framework that says, I'm right. You are wrong. I'm good. You are evil. And so now you have a group of people within the, the very people of God, a community, the Pharisees, the teachers of the law. These are the ones they're the epitome of righteousness, but it is self-righteousness because they have so defined the world in such a way that they're always in the right and others are in the wrong, okay? So this is the timing of Jesus comes at that point when you've got humanity at its finest and it's now dominating and oppressing. It's an oppressive form of, of, of religion, because you can never, if you're not in, in the in group, you're by definition, you're out, okay? And so that's what's going on. They were blind guides. They were whitewashed tombs, Jesus says later in Matthew's gospel. And so Jesus is taking on the very heart of Pharisaic or human self-righteousness, the sinful propensity to define and divide the world and other people into us and them. You're in, you're out, you're my neighbor, you're my enemy. It's tribalism at its most basic sense, right? And so we, we form these alliances along many different um, boundaries. Skin color is one. Nationality, language, custom. What school did you go to? What uh, team do you root for? What uh, politician, <laughs> what political party do you do you follow? How do you vote? These ways that we divide the world into us and them, in and out. Are you with me or against me? Are you are you one of my people or, or not? And so this is what's going on. So we're going to actually look at this passage today. I don't know if I mentioned this today, tomorrow, and and, and Friday. It's so important. It's, it's so important. And so the Pharisees attempted to define, or they did define the neighbor as narrowly as possible. I don't know if you recall uh, that incident from Luke's gospel, the parable of the Good Samaritan. It begins, see, Jesus tells the story in response to an interrogation. So the teacher of the law comes, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Well, how do you read the scriptures? Well, love God and love your neighbor. Well done, go. And so it says, the teacher of the law, seeking to justify himself, 
to justify himself, that is to make, make himself right, okay? Justi to justify is to be right. Seeking to make himself right, Eugene Peterson says it this way, seeking a loophole, <laughs> the teacher of the law asked, who is my neighbor? You see, what had happened is there was a, there was a debate. How do we define the neighbor? And so is the neighbor anybody who bears the image of God, anybody on planet earth? That would mean not only fellow Jews, but that would also mean Gentiles. Are Gentiles my neighbor or not? Well, it came to be known pretty clearly that no, Gentiles are dogs. They're outside the chosen family, so that person is certainly not my neighbor, so only my fellow Jew is my neighbor. But there were some schools of thought that said, it's just my neighbor is my family, so my tribe, okay? So am I the tribe of Judah or Benjamin or Asher or Naphtali or whatever? So I only have to love those who are like me. If you're not part of my tribe, if you're not in my family, if you're not family, if you're not kin, if you're not one of me, then I don't have to love you. I can, but not only do I not have to love you, I can hate you, okay? And so there was this spirit within Phariseeism and Pharisaic righteousness, again, which is the epitome of human righteousness. We all do this. The Pharisee is in each one of us because sin is in each one of us. I want to define the neighbor as narrowly as possible, which legitimizes my hatred of all other people who are not considered my neighbor. And this is where racism comes from. This is where sexism, you know, if, if you're not a, you know, men are better than women, okay? Um, all of this, you know, nationalism, you know, if you're from America, you're one of me, anybody else, I hate you. So, you know, nationalism that goes to an extreme, sexism, racism, uh, politicism, I guess you would say it, right? You know, if you don't vote the way I vote, then you are the devil. And I can denounce you and I can say anything I want about you, okay? That's what's going on in this, in this passage. And so... <clears throat> I guess I'll stop here, okay? Because this is the nub of the thing. This is the, you have heard it said. This is the tradition. This is the thing that Jesus is taking on. Now, we'll unpack it over the next couple days as well. Try to, try because to, this is such an important passage for us to, to get, a, get a handle on and recognize this thing is in each one of us, okay? Let's pray now, and then we'll pick up again tomorrow. Father, hear our prayer <clears throat> that you would drive out of each one of us the spirit of the Pharisee. May the spirit of grace and truth, the spirit of God abide within us that we would have a generosity <laughs> towards others who are different the way you caused the sun to shine and the rain to fall upon righteous and unrighteous alike. And so help us to grow into <laughs> the fullness of, of the image of Jesus Christ and to be complete and whole uh, as you are. Father, do this this day <laughs> and every day as we pray in the name of Jesus who taught us to pray together saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. 
For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Oh, may the love of God, the unfailing love of God that comes to us, bring me, let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love. May that unfailing love of God abide in you and be expressed through you today and forevermore. Amen.